the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up. So let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. God sent John the Baptist, a prophet, to teach people that Jesus really was God's Son and their Savior. John the Baptist was different from other people. His food was locusts and wild honey and his clothes were made from animal fur. John was a good teacher. He taught the people to share their food and clothes. He also taught them about baptism. Do only good. Stop doing bad things, said John. Sometimes people thought John was Jesus. No, John would tell them. I have come to get you ready for Jesus. He is much greater than I am. to love me.
and awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing then in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Couriers from the palace carried news of the decree to all provinces of the empire. Everywhere the Israelites listened in stunned silence as the law of blood was read. Hear ye, hear ye, by order of Xerxes, king of Persia, all Hebrews dwelling within the boundaries of the empire are to be put to death. Young and old, women and children alike, there will be no exceptions. This order to be carried out on the 13th day of the month of Adar. Long life to our wise and noble king. Uh, it's God's judgment upon us. We should have returned to Jerusalem when Cyrus opened the way. I was born here. Am I to be blamed because my parents chose to remain? I want no part of a God who reasons. do not blame God for this misfortune. Oh, it is not hard for you to be brave. Your life is nearly over. Mm. But I am young. I want to live. Well, we can fight. We're not just going to sit and wait for them to come. The greatest empire in the world is against us. Oh, wait, wait. Old Mordecai is coming. He's wearing sackcloth and ashes. Uh, even Mordecai is in despair. Why, why do you loiter on the streets? You should be home praying for God's guidance and blessing. We are to be blessed with a quick death by Haman's sword. Do you doubt the providence of God? The great deliverer of mankind, the Messiah who is to come out of Judah, has not yet appeared. Until this divine purpose is accomplished... Our nation cannot be destroyed. But Haman will not rest until the streets are crimson with Israelite blood. Is this the first passing of our people through troubled waters? Pharaoh pursued us when we fled from Egypt, and God split the sea. He satisfied our needs for 40 years of desert wandering. At Sinai, he carved in stone with his own finger his eternal law. We are children of a great father. We need not fear. Now return to your homes, and with your loved ones, seek his face. Then Mordecai took up watch before the palace gate. The sackcloth he wore was a sign to all that the dark hand of doom covered his people. When Esther heard of Mordecai's vigil, she sent for a trusted servant. Hey, Tack, you are a loyal friend. I must send you on an important mission. No one must learn of it. I understand, Your Highness. You will find an old man at the palace gate. Take these silken robes to him. See that he puts them on in place of the sackcloth you will find he is wearing. Then bring him here to me. It will be done at once. Give him this message. Say to him, if we would weep with those who weep, we must know the cause of their sorrow. Go quickly, Haytack. Be certain you are not followed. So Hatak went forth to Mordecai under the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened, and of the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Israelites to destroy them. All you say, old man, is true. But how shall I convince the great lady of the palace who sent me? I have a copy of the king's proclamation. Take it to her. Let her read it in the privacy of her own chamber. So be it, old man. And one thing more before you go. 
charged the lady to go before the king and intercede with him on behalf of my people. Haman's heart must be bursting with hatred for the Israelite people. The old man refused to remove the sackcloth, your highness. I told him a great lady of the palace had sent him new robes. He answered, I know no great lady, but I remember a little girl who delighted in playing each day on the street of weavers. Does that have meaning for your highness? Oh, yes, Hatak. Much meaning. Return to this Mordecai. Tell him that the ways of Persia are not his ways. Inform him of the law that forbids anyone to enter the king's inner court uninvited. That even I must obey. The penalty is death for the intruder unless the king shows favor by extending his golden scepter. Tell him all this and... And tell him that I have not seen the king for some thirty days. At once, my queen. When Hatak returned, he brought further counsel from Mordecai. The old man gave me this letter for your highness. You have served me well, Hatak. Do not think the palace shall be your protection, or that the crown will save your head. You are an Israelite. If our people must die, you will die as well. Therefore, go to the king and intercede with him for the life of our people. Courage, my daughter. Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. <laughs> the queen is troubled. My heart is heavy for all Israelites in Persia. I must go to the king. Surely your highness would not consider entering the king's court without a royal summons. Even the queen of queens is not above the tradition and custom of the court. There are many of us within the palace whose hearts would be heavy if the queen endangered her life. What is one more life when thousands are condemned to die? Tell Mordecai to gather together all of the Israelites in Shushan. Ask them to fast and pray for three days. When they have sought God in this matter, I will go in unto the king. It is not according to the law, but, but perhaps it is according to God's law. Whatever comes of it, I must do it. If I perish, I perish. Continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1 800 634 0234. That's 1 800 634 0234. Now, here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
What are you doing? I'm building a tower. What's it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're heading for that drugstore across the street. Yes, that's what I do every day after school. You should know that. But you always buy a candy bar there. That's right. Why? Because I like candy bars, especially the ones with nuts. But those aren't good for you. They have lots of calories and nothing to keep you from getting sick. Want one? Sam, I'm trying to make a point here. By going to that drugstore every day after school, you have formed an unhealthy habit. Hmm, I do want to be healthy. Well, going there isn't going to help you very much, is it? What should I do? Make a new habit. Like what? Well, do you see Mr. Habib's fruit market over there by the bank? Mr. Habib is a great guy. He can whistle two notes at the same time. How about after school you go there instead of the drugstore? Mr. Habib doesn't sell candy bars. But he does sell apples, pears, and mangoes. They're sweet, delicious, and filled with things that will make you healthy. That way you can still buy an after-school snack. But your new habit won't rot your teeth and make you as fat as my Uncle Sidney. What if I get hungry for a candy bar? Then you eat an apple instead. Pretty soon, your brain will think, I'm hungry, I want an apple. Okay, let's go see Mr. Habib. He's from Lebanon, you know. Do you think all people from Lebanon can whistle two notes at the same time? We can ask him. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 9, Bear Attack. The sun rose the next morning with a wonderful show of pink and gold above the treetops. Now ain't that pretty? Won't be long until it warms you up, Jake commented as they huddled around the fire and ate an early breakfast. Jeff's got the raft packed, all except the breakfast gear. So soon as you're done, get along to the raft. Do we get to raft all day again, Chris asked. Nope, we're only two hours from Rocky Reach Campground. Then we head for home. 
Mr. Shu tried to sound delighted, but no one seemed eager to leave. Isn't anyone excited about going home? Not really, Willie said. I miss my dog, but I'd like to see Bonzo again. I don't want to go home, Maria thought. Not if I'm going to get in trouble for something. She pulled the wrinkled note out of her pocket and looked at it again. Hey, there's Bonzo, Chris yelled, jumping up. A black furry animal was climbing onto the shore. Jake grabbed Chris. Stop, he ordered. Everybody get to the raft now. That's a bear, and his mama will likely be right behind him. Let's go, Willie called as he pushed his wheelchair away from the table. Mr. Teller grabbed the handles and quickly pushed Willie's chair over the pebbles. Come on, Maria, Diddy yelled as she ran. Maria, Jenny called from the raft. Maria could hear the other kids calling her, but she didn't move. She watched the little bear as he shook the water off his shaggy coat. He was smaller than Bonzo. He didn't have a white bib, but he was kind of cute, and Maria turned. Something was in the bushes. She could just make out black fur. Maybe it's really Bonzo this time, she thought. I hope he doesn't scare this cute little teddy bear away. She took a step toward the cub. Abruptly, a larger bear bounded out of the bushes, making blowing sounds. She stopped and stared at Maria. Maria's heart pounded and her legs wouldn't move. She heard quick steps on the pebbles, but she just stared at the mother bear. Then deep from the chest of Mama Bear, a low growl rumbled. Her ugly yellow teeth gleamed in the sun. Her eyes were still fixed on Maria. Suddenly, with a loud roar, she lunged toward Maria. Maria spun around and raced toward the raft. She had taken only a few steps when she banged into Jeff, who was running toward her. He snatched her up and raced across the stones. She felt herself falling as Jeff tossed her into the raft. He gave it a mighty shove away from the shore and jumped in. Maria lay in a heap in the bottom of the raft, trembling all over. As the raft entered the swift current, the kids saw the baby bear standing up on their picnic table, licking up the last of the pancakes. The mother bear calmly rummaged in the storage box, looking for more food. Finally, Jake spoke in a quiet voice. Good thing that wasn't a grizzly bear. What about the big box? Dee Dee asked anxiously. You can't just leave your stuff. I have no real plans to be Mama Bear's breakfast, he answered. I'll get the gear later. Mr. Jake? Sammy looked puzzled. How did you know there'd be two bears? Well, the first one was so small, I figured it would have a mama and she'd be right behind him. And a mama bear is a mite mean if you get near her baby. Jeff guided the raft to a sandy beach downstream a ways. The kids climbed out of the raft to put on their wetsuits and life jackets. All but Maria. She seemed unable to move. Come on, Maria. Dee Dee held out her hand to help Maria from the raft. You've got to put on your wetsuit. Maria didn't move. Her eyes stared straight ahead. That bear, she paused, her eyes big. That bear wanted to attack me. A big tear rolled down her cheek and her hands shook. Oh, she had nothing against you, Jeff said, reaching in and lifting Maria from the raft. She just wanted to protect her baby. If you ever come that close to a bear again, Jake said as he joined them, be sure Jeff is there to grab you. What if he hadn't been there? Dee Dee asked as she zipped her wetsuit. What if we're alone? What do we do then? Well, first you could yell and throw things, Jake answered. The bear might get scared and go away. Tony would tell you that if nothing else works, curl up in a tight ball and play dead. Takes lots of courage, but it would protect your face and tummy. The kids shivered. And if that there bear thought you were dead, he added, then she'd know you wouldn't hurt her baby, so maybe she'd leave you alone. Now let's get going. 
Here are your helmets, everybody, Jeff said, handing them out. Now you're all ready for the last leg of this trip. Hop in. They were silent as their raft glided down the river through the forest. Finally, Jeff spoke softly. You know, black bears are really pretty nice. They don't like to attack people. Remember, that one only jumped at Maria. It didn't chase her. If it had been me, I would have climbed a tree, Chris mumbled. Jake chuckled. Why, a black bear can climb a tree so fast he can pass you up and be waiting for you when you get where you're planning on going. After that, they rode in silence again. Just as they floated around the last bend, Jake put his fingers in his mouth and gave a shrill whistle. It was answered by a deep woof, woof. Bonzo, Chris and Willie shouted almost at the same time. And there he was, wading out into the river to greet them, with a good-sized tree branch in his mouth. White bib, squished nose, and all. I had a hunch he'd be here. Hey, wait until we dock, Jake called as Chris seemed about to climb out to meet Bonzo. Jeff guided the raft to the dock and tied it up. Okay, now you can get out. The kids danced around Bonzo, patting him and hugging him. Bonzo sat in the middle, tail wagging. His big tongue hung out, kissing everyone. Tony had been sitting at a picnic table reading a book. She laughed as she watched Bonzo and the kids. He wanted to come and say goodbye, she said to Mrs. Shue. So here we are. Thanks for bringing him, Mrs. Shue said. The kids will always remember him when they think of this trip. And Bonzo will be looking for these kids on every raft that passes. He hasn't had so much attention for a long time. As Mrs. Shue went to help load the van, Maria quietly sat down beside Tony. After a few minutes, Tony spoke softly. This has been quite a trip for you, Maria. Maria nodded, keeping her eyes on the table. The lump was back in her throat. I'm sorry I got upset with you before. Tony put her arm around Maria's shoulders and said, Don't worry, I understand, and I'm sure you'll get things worked out with your brother. Maria blinked fast to keep a tear from spilling over and running down her cheek. I have two brothers, Tony said. Even now, sometimes they do something that makes me so mad, but then they do something else that reminds me that they really love me, and I love them. Maria gave Tony a watery smile. Thanks, she managed to say. I guess I'd better go help carry stuff. heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book 11 rattlesnake river adventure written by sandy zog edited and created by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.